When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The Wind in the Willows by Kenneth Graham Chapter 5 De Lucy Duhamam The sheep ran huddling together against the hurdles, blowing out thin nostrils and stamping with delicate forefeet, the heads thrown back, and a light stream rising from the crowded sheep pen into the frosty air. The two animals hastened by high in high spirits, which with much chatter and laughter, they were turning across the country after a long day's outing with Otter, hunting, exploring the wide uplands, where certain streams to the river tree, to their own river, had their very, had had their first small beginnings. The shades of salt winter day closing in on them. They had still some distance to go, plodding at round across the plough. They had heard the sheep. And they made for them, and now leading for the sheep pen, they found a beaten track. They made walking a lighter business, and responded, moreover, to the small inquiring something which all animals carry inside them, saying unmistakably, yes, quite right, this leads home. It looks as if we're going coming to a village, the mole somewhat dubiously, slackening his pace as the track and had in time become a path then developed into the lane, now handed them over to charge a well-metal road. And was did not hold with villages, their highways thickly frequented as they were, took an independent course regardless of church, post office, or public house. I oh, never mind, said a rat. At times of the year, they were all safe indoors, by this time, sitting around the fire. Men, women and children, dogs and cats and all. We should slip through all night for all right. Without any bother and pleasantness, we can take a lot of them through their windows, if you like, to see what they're doing. A rabbit nightfall, mid-December, and quite beset the little village as they approached it on the soft foot over first thin fall of powdery snow. Little with little squares a dusty orange light Irish red on either side of the street where the firelight or lamplight for each cottage overflowed through the casements into the dark world about most of these windows were innocent of blinds to lookers in from outside inmates gathered around the tea table absorbed in handiwork or talking with laughter and jester with each a happy grace which is the last thing Skilled actors shall capture an ancient grace 
which goes with perfect unconsciousness of association. Moving at will, one fear to another, two spectators so far from home themselves. There's something of a wistfulness in her eyes. They watch the cat being stroked, the sleepy child picked up and held off to bed. A tired man stretch and knock out his pipe at the end of a smouldering log. It is from one little window, with its blind drawn down, a mere blank transparency on the night. That the sense of home, the little curtained world, thin walls, the larger stressful world, outside nature shut out, forgotten, must partake, must postate, most postated, close against the wide blind, hung a birdcage, clearly silhouetted, every wire perched and Pertinence distinct and recognizable even to yesterday's dull edged lump of sugar. The per- middle perch of fluffy occupant, head tucked into the feathers, seems so near to them to be easily stroked, and they, had they tried, even the delicate tips of his pruned out plumage penciled plainly on the illuminated screen. As he looked, the sleepy little fellow stirred uneasily, woke. Shook himself and raised his head. He could see the gape of his tiny beak. He yawned, bored stiff away, looked at the ground and settled his head to his back again, while the ruffled feathers gradually subsided into perfect stillness. A gust of bitter wind took them off in the back of his neck. A small sting of frozen sleep on the skin woke them from a dream. They knew their toes to be so be cold and their legs tired, their own home distant, a weary way. Once upon beyond the village, where the cottages ceased abruptly, either side of the road, they could smell from the darkness, the friendly fields again, they braced themselves for the last stretch, long stretch, home stretch, a stretch that we know is bound to end. Sometime the rattle of the bell latch, the firelight, the sight of familiar things greeting us the long absent travellers from far off overseas. They plodded along steadily and silently, each of them thinking his own thoughts. The moles ran a great deal on supper as it was pitch dark. It was all, all it was all a strange country for him, as far as he knew. He's following obediently in the wake of the rat. Even the guidance contorted to him, as rat he walking a little way ahead, as his habit was. His shoulders humped, his eyes fixed on a straight grey road in front of him, so he did not notice poor Mole, when suddenly the summons reached him. It took him like an electric shock. The others, who have long since lost their more subtle, subtle of physical senses, have not even properly had not even proper terms to express an animal's inter communications with its surroundings as living forever by otherwise. They could uh, their own, have only the word smell, for instance, to include the whole range of delicate films which murmur in their nose, emerald light, and day, summery warning, a slightly repelling. It's one of those mysterious fairy tales without the void that suddenly reached mild in darkness. Making him tingle through and through. With his very familiar appeal, even while yet he could not clearly remember what it was, 
stopped dead in his tracks. His nose searching hither and thither in its efforts to recapture that fine figment, figment, filament, filament, the telegraphic current that had so strongly moved him. A moment he had caught in it again, and with it its time came recollection in fullest flood. Home, that was what they, they meant. Those caressing appeals, those soft touches weft through the air. Some invisible hands pulling and tugging all one way. Why, well, it must be very, be quite close by him. At that moment, his old home, he had hurriedly forsaken, never saw again the day when he first found the river. Now he's sending out its scouts and its messengers, catching and bringing him in. Since his escape on that bright morning, he had started to give it a fault. But all had he been, new life, and all its pleasures, surprised its flesh, and captivating experiences. Now with a rush of old memories, now clearly it stood up before him, in a darkness, shabby knee, and small and poorly furnished. Yet here's the home he had made for himself. Home he'd been happy to get back to after his day work, and home been happy with him, too eventually missing and wanting him back, turning him in through his nose, sorrowfully, reproachfully, but with no bitterness or anger, only a plaintive reminder it was there and wanted him. The call was clear, the summons was explained. He must obey it instantly and go ratting. He called full of joy, full excitement. Hold on, come back. I want you quick. Oh, come along, Mel. Do, replied the rat, cheerfully plodding around long. Please stop, Ratty, pleaded Mole, poor Mole, in English for heart. You don't understand, it's my home, my old home. Just come across the smell of it. It's close by here, really quite close. I must go to it. I must, I must. Oh, come back, Ratty, please come back. Please, please come back. The rat was by this time very far ahead, too far. She had clearly what the Mole was calling. Too far to catch a sharp note, painful appeal. His voice. He's too much taken up the weather to be too so he could too but he too could smell something something suspicious of, like approaching snow. Well, we can't stop now, really, he called back. Well come for it tomorrow. Whatever it might whatever it might is we you found it you found it. I don't I don't stop now. It's late. The snow's coming up again. I'm not sure that way. I want your nose. Mole, so come on quick. Here's a good fellow. Rat pressed forward on his way without wanting for an answer. Poor Mole stood alone in the road, his heart torn asunder. Big stop gathering, gathering somewhere low down inside him. So let to leap up, service presently, he knew impatient escape. But even under such a test as his loyalty's friend stood firm, never for a moment did he dream of abandoning him. Meanwhile, the rats from his old home pleaded, whispered, and conjured, conjured, and finally claimed him personally. He dared not tally longer than within this magic, uh, magic circle. A wrench that tore very heartstrings, he set his face down the road and followed submissively the track of the rat, while faint, thin little smells, still dogging, retreating nose, approached him for his new friendship, his callous forgetfulness. With an effort, he called up to the respecting rat, who began chattering cheerfully about how 
what they would do when they got back and how jolly a fire and log a parlour would be while the supper he meant to eat. They would notice his companion's silence and distressing state of mind. Restful state of mind. Last, however, when he had gone some considerable way, furthermore, were passing trees and tree stumps at the edge of the corpse. The border road, he stopped and said, Connie, look here, my old, old chap, you seem dead tired. No need, no talk left in you. In you, and your feet dragging like lead. We sit down here for a minute and rest. That's not as ill as off so far. The best part of our journey's over. Moles has his forlorny on a tree stump and tried to console himself, but he felt it surely coming. The salt he had fought for so long of refused to be beaten. Up and up it forced its way into the air. Then another, another, another's thick and fast, put till poor Mole last gave up the struggle, cried freely and helplessly, openly. Now that he knew he was all over, he lost what he could hardly be said to have found. Rat astonished and dismayed the violence of Mole's paralysis of grief. Do not dare to speak of it for a while. Last hid very quietly and perceptibly perfectly. What is it, old fellow? Whatever can be, be the matter. Tell us your trouble. Let me see what can, I can do. Pomar found it difficult to get to any words out beyond the heavels of his chest and followed him once another upon followed one upon another so quickly held back speech and choked at it to it, it as it came. I know it, it's, it's a shabby little dingy place, he sobbed forth at last, broken like your cosy quarters or toes beautiful hole of Badger's great house. It's my little home. I was fond of it. I went away and forgot all about it. Then I smelt it suddenly. On the road, when I called you, wouldn't cut visit back. Everything came back to me with a rush. I wanted it. Oh, dear, oh, dear. When you wouldn't turn back, Ratty, I had to leave it. Though I was running all the time, I thought my heart would break. But you might have just gone and had one last look at it, Ratty. Only one look. It was close by, but you wouldn't turn back, Ratty. You wouldn't turn back, oh dear, oh dear. It kept your book first ways of sorrow. And sobbed again, took full charge of him, preventing further speech. Rat stared straight in front of him, saying nothing, and he patted Mole up gently on the shoulder. For a time he muttered gloomily, I'll see it all now. What a pig, I'll be a pig, that's me. I'm just a pig, a plain pig. He waited till Mole sobs. Became gradually less stormy and more rippled. He waited till the last sniffs were frequent, sobbed on the end of the He rose his seat and remarkably cooed. Carelessly. Well, now, we really better be getting on, old chap. Set off the road again. Over the tomb, so, 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 way they had come. I set off the road again. Over the tourist way they had come. Well, there you are. Going to. Betty, going to a bit, Betty, cried out, cried to the tearful mole. Look at him now. You're going to find out all yours, old fellow. So he had better come along. He's going to take some finding. So he should want your nose. I'll come back, Betty. Do, cried the mole, getting up and hurrying after him. It's no good, I'll tell you. Too late and too dark. Place is far too off. Too far off. Snow's coming. I never meant to let you know I was feeling that way, Betty. 
It was just an accident and a mistake. I think of Red Riverbank and your supper. I ain't Riverbank, you fatter too, said Rat Hartman. I'll tell you, I'm going to find this place now. For I stay all night, so cheer up, old chap. I take my arm, and very soon be back there again. Still sniffing and pleading reluctant, Mole said to himself, to be drank along the road by a perilous companion, who might have flowed with cheerful talk, but then did endeavoured to beguile his spirits back and made a weary rain seem shorter. But at last it seemed to the rat they must be nearing the part of the road where the mole had been held up, he said. Now, no more talking business. Use your nose and give your mind to it. Then they moved on silence for some little way, and suddenly Rat was con- conscious. Through his arm, a linked in moles, a faint short of electrical feel, and passing down the animal's body. Instantly, he just gave himself, fell back the pace, and waited, waited all attention. Signals are coming through. Moles did a while moment rigid, while his uplifted nose quivering slightly off the felt the air. A short, quick run forward, a thought, a check, a turn back, then a slow, steady, confident advance. Rat most much excited, kept close to his heels at a mole, with something in the air of a sleepwalker, crossed the dry ditch, scrambled for a hedge, Nose his way over field open trackless, and bear the faint starlight. Tony went at some more giving warning. He died, but the rat was on the alert. Promptly followed him down the tunnel, to which his unknowing nose had faithfully led him. It was close and airless, and smelling earth smell was strong. It seemed a long time to rat. The passage ended, and he would stand erect and stretch and shake himself. A man always struck a match. And by is like the match saw they were standing open space neatly swept and standing underfoot and directly facing them was save big on your memorial day barbecue all in the kroger app get half gallons of delicious kroger milk for 129 each then get flavorful tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for 249 a pound all with your card and a digital coupon Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Mel's front, front door. Moen painted the gothic lettering over the bowl pool and side. Mel reached out the lantern for nail on the wall and lit it. And Rat, looking back around him, so they were in a sort of forecourt. A garden seat stood on one side of the door, and the other a roller. The mole who was a dirty animal at home could not stand having the ground kicked up by other animals till little to little rooms had ended into earth heaps. On walls hung the wire baskets with ferns in them, alternating with brackets, carrying plaster, sanitary, Garibaldi, an infant for Samuel and a Queen Victoria. Over here was a modern elderly. Down on one side of the forecourt ran a skittle woman, with benches alongside it, little wooden tables marked with rings and heated a ring mugs. In the middle was a small ground pond containing goldfish, surrounded by a cockle shell boulder. Out of the centre of the pond rose a fence for action, clothed in more silk cottage shells, topped by a large silver glass ball, reflecting everything all wrong, and a very pleasing effect. 
Mel's been face beam the sight of all these adopts. Oh, it so did him. Carried rat through the door. He lit the lamp in the hall and took one glance around his old home. He saw the dust lying thick on everything. Since a cheerless desertion. Look, look at the long neglected house. His narrow marriage. Dementias, its worn and shabby contents. And collapsed again on a hall chair. He knows his poor ratty cry dismay. Why did I ever do it? Why did I bring you to this poor, cold old place on a night like this, where you might have been at Riverbank by this time, toasting your tones before blazing fire with your own nice things about you? But pay no heed to his doleful self-approaches. He's running here and there, opening doors, expecting ramp rooms, cupboards and lightning ramps, and candles and sticking them up else everywhere. What a capital well own this is, he cried up cheerfully. So compact, so well planned. Everything here and everything in this place. We'll make a jolly night of it. The first thing you've got to do is want is a good fire. I'll see that. I always know where to find things. So this is the parlour, splendid. Your own idea? A little sleeping bunks in the wall? Capital. Now I'll fetch the wood and the coals and you'll get a duster mound. You'll find one in the drawer on the kitchen table. I'll try to smart things up a bit. But that's all right about old chap. Chad was his experimenting companion. Mel roused himself and dusted polish of energy and hotness while the rat running to and fro with armfuls of fuel soon had a cheerful blaze roaring up the chimney. He held the mole to come and warm himself. The wall promptly had another fit, the blues dropping down on couch in a deep, dark despair and facing burying his face in his duster. Rat, he moaned. How about your supper, you poor, cold, hungry, weary animal? Oh, I've nothing to give you, nothing but a, not a crumb. Ratty moaned, how about your supper, you poor, cold, hungry, weary animal? I've nothing to give you, nothing, not a crumb. Well, a fellow like you giving in, you're giving in, said the rat poetry. Well, I only die now, just saw that salty opener, a kitchen dresser, quite distinctly, and somebody knows that means... There are sardines about somewhere in a fable. Rouse yourself, pull yourself together. Come with me and forage. He went and foraged accordingly, hunting through every cupboard, returning at every drawer. The result was not so very depressing after all. Though, of course, it might have been better. Tin of sardines, <coughs> a box of captive biscuits, nearly full, a German sausage in case of silver paper. It's a banquet for you, observed the rat. As he rang the table, oh no, someone who would give their ease to be sitting down, sat with us tonight. No bread, moaned but moaned dubiously. No butter, no paid real gross, no champagne. <coughs> Continued Rat grinning. At the end remains me. What's that little door in the passage? You said, of course, every luxury in his house. Just wait a minute. <clears throat> he made for the cellar door and presently he appeared somewhat dusty and a bottle of beer in each paw and over each arm. Self-judgment bugger you seem to be, Bo. 
You observe, deny yourself nothing. It's really the jolliest little place I ever was in. <coughs> Whatever made you pick up those point these prints? Make yourself make the place look so like they do. No wonder they know you were so fond of it, Mole. Tell us all about it. How it came to make it what it is. And then with a rat busied himself fetching plates, knives and forks and mustard, which he mixed in egg cup, and mole his bosom, still heaving with stress of his recent emotion, laid his stomach on it first, but with free, more freedom, he warmed his subject, how this was planned, and how this was brought out, how this got through a windfall, this has got through a windfall from an art, that was a wonderful find a bargain, this other thing was brought, our labourers flavings, the fine amount of going about, but it's funny quite the storm. He might he must needs go and caress his possessions, make a lamp and show off their points to his visitor, aspirate on them. Quite forgetful of the supper they both so much needed. Rat, who was especially hungry, was stove to conceal it, nodding seriously through its ceremony, a plucked brow, a saying one full, a most remarkable Envils when he glanced with a chance of authorization had given him was given him. Last of that succeeded coin him the table, when they had got seriously to work with sardine opener, when sounds were heard from the full court without. Sounds like scuffing small feet, gravel and a confused murmur of tiny voices, or broken senses to reach them. Now all in the mind Turn the lanterns up a bit, Tommy, clear well your throats first. No coughing off, I say, one, two, three. Where's your bill? Here, come on, do, we're waiting. What's up? inquired the rat, pausing on his neighbours. I think I must be, you must be a field mice, replied Mild, with a touch of pride in his manner. They go around carousing regularly at this time of year. They're quite instituted in parts. They never pass me over. They come to Mosen last of all. We used to give them hot drinks to supper too sometimes, when they could afford it. It will be like old times to hear them again. Let's have a look at them, cried the rat, jumping up and returning to the door. A pretty sight of scenes of one. They met their eyes when they flung the door open. The full court, lit by the dim rays of the hell, the horn lantern, some knights or ten little filmites stood in a semicircle, red worsened, cumbers round their throats, their foreheads thrust deep into their pockets. Their feet jibbing for months. Their bright, greedy eyes, they glanced shyly at each other, staring a little, snuffling, and applying coat sleeves a great deal. As the door opened, one of the older ones had carried a light on the same. Now you're in two, one, two, three. Well then, their little shrill voices arose on the air, singing one of the old-time carols their forefathers composed in the fields. When they fallow and held by frost, or when snow bound in chimney corners, and handed down to be snug in the Murray Street, the lamp lit windows at your time. Cows wheelers, the oldest frosty sign, let your carol doors swing open wide, the wind may follow and blow beside, yet draw us in your fire to bide, joy shall be yours in the morning, here we stand in cold and sleep. Blowing fingers and stamping feet, come from far away you greet. You to greet by your fire and wave in the street, finding you enjoying the morning. 
for here after the night was gone stand as a star that led us on rain in bliss and by sun bliss tomorrow and morning on joy for every morning go down man joseph toiled through the snow saw the star of the sky below mary she might not go further go welcome fetch and little below joy was hers in the morning and then they heard the angels tell who was the first animal to cry noel and it was all as it befell the stable there did they dwell joy shall be yours in the theirs in the morning voices ceased the singers bashful the smiling exchanged sidelong glances but for the moment only then from above far away down the tunnel so lately travelled the born to the ears of faint musical sound of distant bells ringing a joyful and clamorous peal very well sung boys cried the rat heartily and now come along all in now come along in all you warm yourself by the fire have something hot yes come along said mice cried the man eagerly it's quite like old times shut the door after you parliament that city settle to the fire now you must wait a minute while we are waiting cried his bear pumping down on the seat with tears of bending whatever we're gonna we're doing we enough to give him you leave that to me said the master rat here here you are with the lantern come over this way i want to talk to you now tell me are you any shops at this hour of the night why certainly sir replied the field mouse respectfully this time they hear all shops keep open for all sorts of hours then look here said the rat you go off at once you and your lantern get me here much muttered conversation soon Mal only heard bits of it, such as fresh mine. No pound that'll do. See, you've got beggars, for I'll not have any other. No, only the best. You can't get it there. Try someone else. It's a course of bone made. No tin stuff. Well, then, do the best you can. Finally, there's a clink of coin passing from bell to bell. Bell must have provided with ample basket for purchases. Nothing hurried, and he and his lantern. The rest of the filmers perched in a row on the settle, their small legs swinging, gave themselves up to the enjoyment of the fire, and toasted their chilblains till they tingled, while the mole fairly to draw them into easy conversation, plunged into family history, made each one of them recite the names of the numerous brothers who were too young in the pit of it to appear to be allowed to be, go out carrying this year. But he looked forward very shortly to winning the parental consent. Right, meanwhile, the busy man his labour, one of the bibbles. I perceive this is the old button, he marked approvingly. Soon, Phil Mole, the very thing now we should be able to mole some wine ale. Get the thing ready, Mole. Well, I draw the corks. It did not take long to pair the brew, thrust the tin heater well on the red heat of the fire. As soon as he Phil Mouse was sipping the coffee, the choking for a little mulled wine. Hell goes a long way. I'm wiping his eyes and laughing, forgetting he ever been cold in all his life. They act pleased too, these fellows, said the mole, explained the rat. Made them up all by themselves and act them only them afterwards. Very well they do, too. They gave they gave us a couple of one last year, but I feel myself captured at the right sea by Barnaby Corsair. Made a row in the gallery. 
When he escaped, got home again. He laid over gone to covenant. Here you. Well, you, you were in it, I remember. Give up the sight a bit. Phil Mercer dressed, got up on his legs, giggled shyly, looked around his room and remained absolutely tongue-tied. Comrades cheered him on. Mel coaxed him, carried him. Rack went so far to take him by his shoulder and shook him. But nothing could overcome his stage fright. They were all busy engaged on him, like all of them applying the royal humane society regulations, cases of long submersion. When the fierce clicked, door opened, the film ice lantern appeared, staggering under weight of the most basket. There's no more talking, play acting, since the real, very real, solid contents of the basket had been tumbled out, table under the generalship of rack. Everybody was set to do something or fetch something. In a very few minutes, supper was ready. Mal, he took the lantern to the table, saw a dream, saw a little lately barren bald, sit thick, with savoury comforts, saw his little friends, faces bright in the dream. They fell so without delaying. They let himself loose, for he was famished a provide vendor to medic provided, thinking it was a happy homecoming. He said, turn off all. As they all they ate, they talked of old times. The filmers gave him a local gossip, all up to date, and answered well. They had come, could, the hundred questions he had to ask them. Rat said little or nothing, only taking care of each guest of what he wanted, and plenty of it, and had more and no trouble and anxiety about everything. They clattered off last, at last, very grateful, and showing, showing wishes of the freedom. They had jacket pockets stuffed remembrances of the small brothers and sisters at home. When the door was closed, the last of them, the clink of the lanterns had died away. Mal Rat kicked up the fire up, drew the chairs and room themselves, and last night kept the mulled wine, mulled ale, and discussed the events of a long day. At last the rat was tremendous yawn, said, Mal, old chap, I'll go and eat a drop. Sleep is well, sleepy not a word. That's your own back over on that side. Very well, then. I'll take this. What a ripping old little house this is. Everything's so handy. He clambered up in his bank, rolled himself well on the blankets, and slumbered, gathered, in forthwith. A sway of a barney was folded in the arms of the reaping machine. Ray Mull also was glad to turn in without delay. Soon had his head his pillow in his great joy and contentment. But here he, but here he closed his eyes. He let them wander round his old room, mellow in the glow of the firelight. They played or rested of familiar and friendly things, which long been unconsciously a part of him. Now Smunny received him back without calm. He was now in just the frame, frame of mind. A tactful rat that clearly worked to bring him about him, in, about in him. He saw clearly how plain and simple. How narrow even it all it was, but clearly too. How much it all meant to him. Special veil of such, some such anguish, one's existence. He did not at all want to abandon a new life. His splendid spaces, to turn his back on the sun and air. But all he offered him, to creep, to creep home and stay there. That for well was still too strong. It called to him still, even down there. He knew he must return to the larger stage. It was good to think he had he had, had this come back to this place which was all his own, his things which were glad to see him again, but could always be counted upon the same simple
welcome. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.